this morning we have uh, Sturge with us. So everyone, welcome Sturge here. We have Bernie here. Come on, let's come on. <laughs> and we have Chris. So we have three different dads here this morning who are in different stages of fatherhood. And we're going to ask them a few questions and get to know them and just see what it's been like for them and have some fun. But before we ask them any questions, it is very important that we decide which one of them is the best dad, which one of them is the one dad to rule them all. And so before we get into it, we're going to get a bit of competition. You know, I think sometimes dads can be a little bit competitive. Are we competitive here? No, not really? Oh, okay, there we go. But what we're going to do is we're going to have some fun. And this morning, we have some, some babies here. So, all right, here is your baby. There you go. Multicolored. Here is your baby here. It's Ania. And then here is your, you got a little baby. I don't know if that's an advantage or a disadvantage. And this morning, we are going to be doing a race. So, you know, pick a dad to support choose who you're going to be cheering for. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to start off station one, dads. What we're going to do is, oh, is this water? Okay, they're going to drink milk, but I guess we decided to be kind to them. We're going to get them to drink water. So the first station of this race in one dad to rule them all, our dads are going to drink this whole baby bottle of water. They're going to get their, their baby. They're going to put them, set up this little pram here. They're going to put their baby in the pram. They're going to race down the stairs, race around the church. At the back of the church on the sound desk, we have some little onesies for their babies because it's a little bit cold. So we need to make sure that they're covered up and they're nice and warm. So after they've raced their trolley, their trolleys, they've raced their babies to the back. They're going to put the onesies on these babies nicely. We're going to judge to make sure it's put on properly. Then they're going to put it back in the pram, and they're going to run it all the way back around and get up here. And our first dad who gets back up here is the one dad to rule them all, and they will be crowned champion. How are we feeling, dads? How are you drinking it? Don't you just put it in your mouth? Isn't that how you drink it? I don't know. I've never drunk from a baby. I mean, I have probably drunk from a baby bottle. You put the nappies on the baby. That's right. So after you've drunk the water bottle, put your nappies on the baby just in case they have a little accident on the way and then put them in the pram. So let's do this. We've got the prams here just so you know. We've got the bottles here first in. Choose your favorite color and then you've got to put the nappies on. Do you understand what we are doing? Are you feeling competitive? These guys just seem like not very competitive guys. They're like, okay. Where's the station? Just on the sound desk there. You'll see them laid out when you get there. Seems like they're just going to help each other out. They also seem, seem so nice. All right. Fathers, are you ready? This is to decide who is the best dad. This is important. You know, like all those mugs that say the world's best dad. This is actually for you. This is actually what that means. So we're going to get started. Are you ready? You're going to straight to the, the bottle and scull that whole thing. Three, two, one. Go, 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 go. Oh, there's the competitive spirit. <laughs> oh, see these, you can tell which dads have done this before. They've been around the block a few times. The nappies are going on. Oh my goodness. The nappy's bigger than the teddy bear. Oh, he's doing it. Chris is on it. Chris is on it. Oh, here we go. The experience is coming through. Strap him up, strap. Go. Bernie's in the lead. Oh, okay. Come on, Chris. You gotta catch up. They're already all the way to the back. Go, go, go. All right, there are the onesie stations. 
This is where the true experience comes in. It's been a while. I can't see much. This looks tough. This one will be really easy for Chris because his teddy bear is the size of my hand. How's it going? Is this where Chris can come back? We've got camera views if you want to see it. Who's in the lead? Oh, Serge! Serge is off! He's going to be the winner! Look at him go! Oh, the one dad to rule them all. Well done. Second place is coming in. Chris makes a comeback. Well done, well done, well done. Come on, let's give our dads a hand. Look at that, good sportsmanship. That's fantastic. Let's, let's uh, do an analysis of the children. So, this is pretty good. Look at that. Wow, Serge, you were first and you got it on. I'm really impressed by that. Let's check the nappy. No, that's not, we're not gonna do that. That's strange. All right, Chris, was it easy? Oh, it's not even done up. Disqualified, disqualified. <laughs> he wanted to get that second place and here we go, Bernie. Also not done, wow. Wow, so Sturge, you came first and you actually did it correctly. Well done, well done. I don't know if we want to get these on stage. I know I'll be distracted if I see those children there the whole time. Did you notice that the two uh, more experienced of our panel, they went straight up to the bottle, they took the lid off straight away and they started sculling it. They're thinkers, they're definitely thinkers. How are you feeling? We've got our microphones. How's that? How do you feel after sculling that water and then running? Feeling good? Yeah, just glad it wasn't milk. Just glad it wasn't milk, that's right. We were going to make them, yeah, we we're going to make them scull a bottle of milk and then do the run. And I was like, that's just horrible because you guys are going to just be sick the whole time. Awesome. So, we know your names. We know uh, that's about it. We know which one of you is the one dad to rule them all. But we are going to find out something about these fathers this morning. We're just going to, first of all, start with something super simple. If, if You can get this one wrong, but I'd be very disappointed if you did. So let's go through. So we know your names, but how many kids do you have? How old they are? Or maybe that one's a tough one. Maybe you won't remember that one, but just say something, we'll believe you. So, Sturge, how many kids do you have? What, how old are they and what stage are you at? I've got two kids. Uh, the first one is Ziva. The second one is Zuriela, and uh, they're six and two. Very nice. Six and two. What, is that cute ages? I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, Six-year-old is asking questions now and uh, follow up with why. <laughs> so. There you go. All right, Bernie, what about you? Um, so I've got four children. Mark's 45, Louise is 40, Simon's 38, and Leah's 35. And three grandchildren. Luca is 20, Matthias is 18, and Ari is two. Very cute. And three... Extra children, Sue and Danny and Brett, who are Fantastic. our sons and daughter-in-law. So it stirred you in the race, but I think that Bernie's a bit ahead of you on the, the children and the grandchildren. He's, he's got a bit more, got a head start. All right, Chris, what about you? Uh, I've got three children, one son-in-law. So Rachel's, you probably know Rachel. Rachel's 24, married to Jay. And then Ryan's 22 and Joel is 16. There you go. So, like I've been saying, we've got a bit of a range here. So when we ask these questions, you're going to get answers from all different stages of life. And then you've got me up here with no fathering experience at all. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm going to be taking notes as they speak. <laughs> so first of all, we're going to start off uh, with our first question for anyone who wants to answer it. 
in your fathering experience, what was something that you thought was a big deal? You thought it was super important, but in hindsight, as you look back now, uh, you know, it didn't actually matter, matter as much as you thought. Well, I might go for this one first. I confess I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so shout out to any perfectionists in the audience. Uh, when it comes to that sort of question, to a perfectionist, everything is a big deal. So, you know, everything from uh, homework to routines to diet to uh, family time to devotional time, you know, it, are they going to youth? Are they doing their devotions? So I really had to wrestle with that and kind of push that back a bit and go, well, actually, Chris, these aren't <laughs> all that big of deals when you think of it. And in fact, we've, we've deliberately tried to make things not a big deal, like, and just be there for the kids. Yeah, that's great. Um, and work through things as they come up. So yeah. sure, there are circumstances that are a bit hotter than others, but um, <laughs> uh, overall... That's, that's, what we've, that's how we've tried to do yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. That's good. What about either of you two? Are you uh, perfectionists as well? or I think sort of from where I was at at that time, that young father and not really knowing much about it, like, you know, dads, when you're dad the first time, you really don't have much of a clue. Um, so trying to get everything right, trying to make sure that yeah, there's consistency and all the rest of it, and you end up just being a taskmaster and, a, and, a, and a, that sort of thing. So learning as you go by that it's not all that important it's more important just to be there and be friends with them and be present with them rather than ticking everything off all the time and being and being seen by others to be perfect is not not yeah that's really good that's really good that it's not as much about the perception of what other people see as you as a father but it's more you being there for your kids that's awesome. Yeah, I've got to admit, I sort of wondered how I came to be up on this panel, actually. So I'm just, just keep that in mind, folks. It's, you know, there's lots of stories about life and parenting and fatherhood that I haven't got right. So, in fact, looking out, I know there's some guys who I think, oh, maybe you should be up here. Anyway. You definitely deserve to be up here, Chris. Don't, don't worry about that. Even though you cheated in the race. I'm, you got me questioning it in that. <laughs> Well, that's you, Sturge. You're, you're, in a, you're kind of in the thick of it now, I guess. You're in the, more of the, the beginning of the fatherhood. So, obviously, it's a, a lot more current for you. Maybe right now you are thinking that something's a bit of a big deal and maybe later on you won't care so much. But what, do you have any thoughts towards that question? Uh, for me, not really at the moment. Nothing I can think of. Uh, I guess I was fortunate to grow up with um, older sisters and brothers. And so I got to live with them and see how they did in marriage. And so that sort of gave me a leg up. Um, but overall, I think from what Chris has mentioned is basically making sure that you're not just ticking the boxes um, and just fulfilling all righteousness. Yeah, so. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome, great answers. Really, really good. All right, straight into question number two then. What's something you struggle with or find annoying? We're coming straight at your, your insecurities here, things we're going to find out everything about you. What's something you struggle with or find annoying? And I recommend not saying your kids. Who wants to go first on that one? <laughs> I think for me, it, um, like when you become a parent, uh, that like in, you're, you're married, so that time of being just a person, you become a couple, great, then you become a parent, and so all of that time that you used to have, all of that just me focus that you used to have is just gets shredded more and more and more, that's fine. Um, but I used to find that I used to run out of the ability to be selfless 
and then I, the, the selfishness would kick back in really, really quickly. And then, you know, praying God, grace, um, that extends all that and helps all that. But that, that just running out of being able to be there and be selfless and, and that selfishness just kicks in so quick and just want my time and just me space and that sort of stuff. That's, that's just all part and parcel of it. Yeah, I can say something about that. I think um, last night I was actually having a conversation with my wife. And um, so I've been on a course at work uh, for the last three weeks, which is physically demanding. And so I come home every day basically knackered. Like, I just want to hit the bed and just sleep, have my dinner, and just sleep. That's all I want to do. But then when I get home, my usual routine would be um, do whatever needs to be done. So for the last three weeks, every day I come home, I see what needs to be done. I don't ask questions. I just do it. Uh, up until last night, all right? I've been a saint up until last night. And um, so um, my oldest daughter wanted me to read her a book. So Friday nights is family night. So uh, wanted me to read her a book before she goes to bed. I go, no, you will go to bed now. Off you go. And then the little one who's had a good nap uh, in the afternoon, uh, didn't want to sleep on time, and so I kept trying to rock her. I tried my best for about an hour, refused to sleep, only for me to realize that because I was trying to tick the box again, uh, forgot to feed her dinner. Um, and then, because I was super heightened in my crankiness, for lack of a better word, I said to her, now I'm going to get you down, and I need you to go away. Um, yeah, so it's, it's that struggle of trying to consistently maintain, um, uh, how do I put it, uh, maintain some sense of balance uh, while you're still having time for your partner and for other things in your life. So that's my reality at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah. wow. That is, you, I'm tired just hearing about that. I think <laughs> I want to go have a nap or something. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really good, though. Yeah, I, I love that honesty. That's really good. What about, do you have anything for, for that, Chris? I uh, just probably think that one of the things that annoys me is just chores not getting done and having to clean up after people or pick up clothes or towels. Or <laughs> I noticed <laughs> that you're that specifically, he's looking around, yeah, but his eyes around. are missing Rachel. He's making sure he doesn't look no, down at Rachel no. right there. So she's in No the names corner. mentioned. <laughs> Okay, that's good, that's good, in the clear. Um, awesome then. So how do you guys engage in quality time with your kids? You know, Sturge was just talking about having a very busy life and being exhausted and, you know, that it's not always easy to even do the things that need to be done. So how do, how do you guys or how did you guys uh, engage in quality time with your children? Um, so throughout the week, we do family devotionals uh, most nights. And there's some specific nights that I will just do devotionals with my children. So just the two of them. I'll read them a storybook, and then we delve into the Bible, and then I'll ask them questions, and then we'll pray. I pray or they pray, or the little one can't pray anyway, but she can say amen, um, so, which is good. Uh, so that is about it, really. Uh, aside from that, I take them swimming. Uh, on the way we have, we just talk about things, talk about life, talk about anything at all. Um, yeah, so... Great. And so, Bernie and Chris, you guys who have now older children and some adult children as well, what are some things that you look back on and from when they were younger and the, the quality time that you spent with them then? What, what are the kind of the big things that stand out? Um, I'm interested to see 
you know, what those moments were. I think, I think like, Rita, my wife, um, she, we, she was really big on me being home and being present. So I ran my own business. So we made the, um, the call early on that I would be home until the kids went to school and I would be home for dinner and not be coming home late and all that sort of stuff and, and just being that present in that way. Then we had, we had a weekly sort of games night with the kids uh, with Bible focus and that sort of stuff and a sort of you know, imaginary buzzers and Hester buzzers at the start and all that sort of stuff. And we always had the, we had all the food that I liked, which was ice cream and chocolate and chips and that Amen. sort of stuff. Come on. Um, so I was therefore very much in favour of having that night. <laughs> um, but it just, yeah, just, just making that sort of time and focusing on God in the midst of it, like the, the devotional sort of stuff. Um, but just trying to be present as much as possible. And I think, you know, um, couples often have their date nights and should have date nights. Um, having the same sort of things with the kids one-on-one and as, as parents with, one, with each child was also something that we tried to do later in the piece as well um, to try and have that one-on-one time with them too. Yeah, great. Fantastic. Yeah, good. That's, that's uh, some of those things that are similar to us. We, um, yes, we tried to uh, incorporate the kids with us in, when we did ministry together. So we were leading on camps. We'd take the kids along to camps with us. They just to get to experience that whole culture of what it means to be involved in that kind of ministry. Sometimes I'd be uh, saying goodnight to the kids and part of that would be you know, sharing a verse or praying or asking what, we'd, what would you like to pray about. Um, yeah, though. Yeah. We, we, I guess we deliberately tried to follow our three in their interests as well. Like, so if it was sport or music or, or games or whatever the... We, you know, we go to the games, we wait, and, you know, I remember Ryan doing AFL and uh, futsal and soccer, and I'm in the back of my head, I'm like thinking, please not cricket, please not cricket. Please not cricket. <laughs> and, of course, we end up with cricket, so we're, you know, sitting out there for, you know, six or more hours watching the game. But that's, I think that's just part of what you've been saying is, is um, being there with them and uh, sharing the journey with them. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I just want to say something in regards to that, because um, someone might be here and might be wondering, hey, these guys have got it all squared away. Uh, please, it's far from it. Uh, bottom line is, um, when it was just me and my wife, devotional was okay. Uh, when Ziva came along, devotional went out the window for a long while, for, for a full season. And then Zuri came along, and uh, it was trial and test, and trial and test and error, and some nights it worked, some nights it didn't work. Um, some night it would just be the two of us sharing the Bible verse, and somebody else is dozing off, <coughs> not mentioning names. Um, you know, so, uh, so just an encouragement to anyone that is, that is in that position at the moment, or maybe you're currently trying to head out of that moment. Uh, the main thing is just keep trying. Um, you know, it will hit that mark sometimes, and sometimes it wouldn't. But once you get that rhythm right, you will not want to stop. Uh, and that's where we are at the moment. So just yeah, that's awesome. That. Really, really good. That's great. Great wisdom. Now I know you guys are super excited uh, for this question, but how did you approach the birds and the bees conversation with your children when it was that time? I'm out of this. <laughs> Um, 
I'll defer to wisdom on this one. <laughs> I was rubbish. That's rubbish. Um, I, I didn't have, I mean, I, I was a 60s and 70s child, so I didn't, my parents didn't have any of that sort of conversation with me at all. So when that sort of time came around, and, you know, kids, they, they, they changed from being four to being 15 like that. It seemed that way. Um, so all of a sudden that time comes and like, you know, the, the opportunities come and you realise after it's gone that it's gone. Um, and you don't say anything and you're too embarrassed and whatever. But um, we had some times with our kids where we would um, bless them uh, verbally. So, you know, power, death and life and the power of the tongue. So we would speak blessing into our children's lives and, and, and had those sort of date nights or times out with the children gave opportunity for those sort of conversations. Not that I think that we really had any great, deep and meaningful ones, but just whenever the opportunity comes and they're ready, dive in. Yeah. Yeah. Rubbish. It's great, great. Yeah, I don't know if I did all that well. Um, maybe you should ask them? <laughs> no, um, I, I guess just practically I keep saying to myself, Chris, use anatomical names, just be really genuine about it. Um, work with, you know, so we were at a school where um, the, these conversations were coming up and there was some education about it. So we would kind of dialogue with the kids when they'd come home that day. Oh, you know, how did, you know, what did you talk about today? And um, again, just be, be there with them as circumstances arise, as conversations come up that you hear about, you know, they're talking about their conversations with their friends or what's happening in their own life or girlfriends or, you know, inappropriate websites or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Just we have a conversation with them as Great. we went. Yeah, really good. And I think the other thing too is that what you're probably hearing from all of us is that, uh, you know, you're, you're afraid of mucking it up. You're afraid of getting it wrong or saying the wrong thing and somehow crueling them for life or whatever. And, yeah. and God's just good. He makes up for so much that where, right. you, where yeah. you muck it up and you miss it out, God is good. Fantastic. And his grace, 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 grace is just always there for us. So That's a great answer. That's really, really good. So I guess to bounce off that then, and Sturge, you can tag back in now, is uh, in not specifically those kind of conversations, but how did you approach or do you approach um, big life questions or, or God questions, you know, those difficult questions where maybe you're like, I don't know, like, and they, they ask you these things. Uh, how do you approach those kind of, those questions and conversations with your, your kids as they've grown up? Maybe you haven't had any with a six-year-old, I don't know. You'd be surprised. <laughs> um, so, Zivari, my first, she's very inquisitive, and um, she would ask you like random science questions. Like she'll be like, why is the sky blue? And so then I have to consult Mr. Wikipedia and find out the amount of gases that make the exact color of the sky. And also what helped with us or with me and the conversation and with my wife as well, Bola, was that we have this thing we talked to Ziva about, which is the hierarchy of authority as far as this world is concerned, as far as life is concerned. So God is always number one. Uh, mama and Baba are number two. And it's not an hierarchy between Mama and Baba. If Mama says yes, Baba will always say yes. If Baba says no, Mama will always say no. So don't come to me if Mama has already said no and then ask me the same questions because then you get in trouble. Um, so that, we've been drilling that for the last three years. Um, we're still working it out. Sometimes she... 
she finds a way to ask the questions. Like I said, she's inquisitive. So when it comes to life, we've been quite fortunate that we've, we've got a lot of family members that are Christians. And one way that I actually saw that this has worked out well for us was there was a day we had a friend that came over to our house and we were having a random conversation and this friend was talking about the fact that God doesn't exist. And my five-year-old daughter sat down for the next three minutes and schooled him on Genesis chapter one. And I was like, whose daughter are you? Uh, so, you know, you never know. You just, you just do what you can, uh, have those conversations. If you can, talk about God from, this, from the word get-go. Uh, put them in an environment where they can get, those values can get reinforced. And, you know, uh, like Bernie said, you never know, you know. I don't know exactly what we did right, but that, that's, in my opinion, that's what we've done so far. And yeah. Yeah, great. That's a fantastic answer. So for, uh, this is an on-the-spot question, so I'm really sorry about this. And this, uh, <laughs> hopefully you have an answer to this. But both of you have married children now. You more recently, Chris. How did you, what's that like for you, you know, watching from what is, you know, Serge's like six-year-old baby girl and two-year-old and everything like that. And then you said, uh, Bernie, that they go from being four years old and bang, they're so much older. And then, so I'm sure that the next stage is, oh my goodness, they're getting married now and, you know, this stuff's happening. What was that like for you guys, you know, to have your, your children, your, your, your babies, and then all of a sudden there's a guy or a girl who's interested in them. And what was that like for you guys going through that process, you know? Che's a pretty sketchy guy, so I don't know what it was like with you and Rachel. <laughs> On the contrary. <laughs> Uh, you know, Che is a, a, an excellent uh, young man and um, we're very glad to have him in our family. And I, I don't know, I'm still working that through. Like, I think yeah. working through the, the change from Rachel being at home to now being in her own home, making her own home. Uh, so I'm just trying to... I don't really have an answer for that yet. And I'm just... No, that, that and, is a good and, answer. And how to try and incorporate... And build this new relationship with Che yeah. and, and Rachel and Che together. So you know, just yeah. working that through. That's, that's Don't have any answer. good answers yet, but I think, like, like I think the other conversation is just keep the door open and find opportunities to open the door again when it's when you haven't seen each other for a while to keep the conversation going. Uh, great. Um, I just think that uh, we just have to lighten up. On ourselves that it's you know fear can come in and all that sort of stuff you don't it's a new thing and you don't know what to do and you haven't been there before and all that sort of stuff and um, I think you know to have extra ones like you know you said you've got three children and we've got seven children to have the extra ones is just such a blessing mm. to have the extras in the family and 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 seeing our children go through what we went through and stumbled our way through when we were first you know Courting, dating, and, and getting married, and and hoping they don't make the same mistakes that we made, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you just get prayerful. You just get on your knees and, and pray, and, and ask God's grace to be there. And and to, and and when you see, if you sense something's coming, then prayerfully dive in and and try and deal with that. But yeah, great. having the extras in the household is just great. Yeah. Just great. Great time. I mean, the grandkids are great. And you, uh, the, you know, the extra sons and daughters in the house is great too. 
Yeah, fantastic. Very good. Very good answers. So this one uh, specifically for you, Bernie, which is what do you know now that you wished you knew when you were parenting, you know, when they were younger and as they were growing up in those early stages of life? What have you thought of now? And you're like, man, I wish I knew that. I I think that, and it's something of what we've all been saying anyway, that, that you just get so obsessed with getting it right and sort of not doing the wrong thing and not, not crueling these children terribly for their life. Um, and especially with God in our lives, that he's just so good. He is just, like we sing that song, he's, he's so, you know, God is good. He, he just makes such a huge difference and has made such a huge difference in all the mucking up that we've done over the years. So... Now I wish that I knew then that he is so good, he is always present, and he's, he's, the, he's the one who makes the way, and he, right. he, he, he just restores, and he does so much wonderful things in our lives, um, and therefore would have been able to be more present and enjoy the moment with the children rather than being in that, you know, get everything under control and get it done and all that sort of stuff, just to chill a bit more. <laughs> Fantastic. Really good. Really good. Sturge, for you, you've pretty much answered this in every answer you've given, but I'll ask you again, though, like, if there's anything else, how, what are you doing to encourage Jesus and a relationship with God um, in the lives of, of your children, you know, in the age they're at? Um, apart from what we currently do, uh, I think my wife also um, makes sure that the kind of videos they watch on YouTube and YouTube Kids um, uh, very healthy ones. Uh, so, for example, this morning they were watching worship songs and uh, beautiful cartoons and things like that. They're all Christians. So, just little things like that. Um, they've each got their own Bible. So, we go through each person's Bible based on whatever story they want to read, even though the little one can't pick at the moment. But she will open a, bit, a, a page in the Bible and go, cat. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that page. So, um, so even there, there's no cat there, so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, great. That's how I read my Bible as well. <laughs> Chris, you get hit with a heavy one, which is, what has got you through the tough times of parenting, which I'm sure there's lots of them, but for you, what was it, and what were some of the things that have got you through those tough times? Uh, prayer first. Prayer in my own devotional life with God really just kept me dependent on him and his grace and, you know, just <laughs> totally reliant on him to, for answers and relationship and the, the energy to keep going and emotional intelligence and all that sort of stuff. Um, after that, probably running. <laughs> Not running away, but... <laughs> r- well, sometimes, yeah, okay, sometimes. <laughs> Running, I just found that to be a really helpful way to process what's happened in the day and what's happening. Um, and then probably the other thing is being able to have such a gracious, long-suffering wife who uh, shares the, the load of all that parenting. So, Yeah, fantastic. Really good. So everyone should start running, is that right? You should. That's the answer? No, you've got to find your own thing, obviously. So. No, that's good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to do that when I become a parent. Basketball is okay. Oh, cool. All right, amazing. Hopefully my knees hold out. So, all right, for all of you here, this is probably one of the questions I was looking forward to the most. What are at least one, or maybe if you've got a couple, funny or embarrassing moments that you've had being a dad? 
whether it was from when they were a baby and there was some kind of explosion or whether it's been even just yesterday. I'm just, just looking for Rachel, so I can't see her. But she ran away. At, at, at 14, I remember um, one morning just coming down, you know, having been dressed for work, you know, making breakfast, and then she comes in, looks me up and down, knowing that I was picking her up that afternoon from school, and she says, oh, Dad, you're not going to work in that, are you? So, like, that 14, 15-year-old kind of thing, things can turn on a dime. You just think, <laughs> just, just gonna hang on, buckle up, you know? Like. Fantastic. I think mine would be the regular one that most dads do. Uh, you change a diaper, think everything is good, just about to grab the other diaper while you're holding the baby, and then goes another round. So, <laughs> yeah, so, about a couple of times. I mean, there's, yeah, there's lots of the sort of holding the child up and it vomiting or bringing milk up or all that sort of and, and, you know, changing nappies and all that sort of stuff going wrong. Um, I wasn't really there for this one, but one of our younger son, Simon, got up to is that he, um, we had an upstairs, uh, up high, high set house and he climbed out the window of the house and um, stood on a, on a sheet that was outside on, above the pergola and uh, uh, he didn't realise that it was just fibro and so it cracked and so he fell but as he fell he managed to get his fingertips over the edge of the windowsill and so then Rita was walking past and she sort of just did a quick look into that bedroom and sort of then kept going and then sort of hang on and went back and just saw these <laughs> fingertips hanging which wasn't usual, it wasn't normally <laughs> fingertips but yeah stuff like that just and he, he was one of you who said, go in next door and chase the horses in the paddock and fall out of lofts and stuff like that. But just fun. That's great. So there's always, there's plenty of stories, as we know, like learner, driver moments. We went camping one night and just had lit the fire. This is me and Ryan. And then it started raining. So this is like our first camping trip together. So here we are watching the fire, putting wood on, thankfully, it was already started, but the tarp, we had a tarp over ourselves, you know, oh, this is a great night, isn't it, like, <laughs> the rain's pouring down, we're under the tarp, it poured all night, and oh. we, instead of doing the walk we planned in the morning, we ended up going home after breakfast, because it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but a memory, though, isn't it? There you go, it's a memory, it's not a very pleasant one, though. Well, as our final question for today, and I'm looking forward to this one, I'm going to take notes, is from each of you, what's one nugget of wisdom on parenting you can leave us with today? No pressure. I'll let the big guys start first. I'm the youngest, so I should go last. Um, I think prayer, um, praying for your children. Like we've, from very early on, we used to pray Psalm 1 for our children. Our children don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, all that sort of stuff, you know. Pray for your children because there's so much negative stuff in culture out there um, that if we don't speak, it will. Um, so speaking, praying the word over your children and praying consistently for your children without getting into rules about it, but just being prayerful about your children as well as asking for help. Great. Yeah, I, I'm just, you know, referring back to what I mentioned at the start about my particular type of personality. I've really uh, been on a, a journey of growth and getting to know myself as a dad and as a male. 
And so probably I'd be saying, you know, if that's probably something that I found that's been really helpful to help me avoid some of those things I probably could have said, but have learned to not say, especially some of that caustic kind of, it's not right or it's not done or, you know, um, that's where one thing I've, you know, get to know ourselves Great. Yeah, awesome. Can I add another one in? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Give us 10 uh, uh, Learning to say sorry. Um, to be wrong, know that you're wrong, and do something about it. Because um, we're taught, you know, in, in our marriage, I to keep short accounts with each other. Well, we don't, as parents, often keep very short accounts with our children. Um, we have these long lists of things that either they've done, which we haven't um, dealt with, or that we've done that we've marked up, which we haven't gone to them and said that we're sorry and made amends for that. Um, yeah, so Fantastic. saying sorry. Yeah, great. Were you looking at my notes? <laughs> this, those are my two points. <laughs> yeah. stole. I've got a third one, though, but um, high five. Um, I guess the, the first one, um, I just want to encourage anyone um, with regards to prayer. What I find in my life is I love praying. I enjoy praying. I'm one of those weird Christians that actually enjoy praying. Um, but I get to a stage when I'm really tired, like I was last night, and I can't utter the words. So then I think the prayer. Um, what I'm trying to say in essence is don't let your inability to communicate vocally with God hinder you from being in a moment or atmosphere of prayer. It is really important. Uh, The Bible says in Psalm 81, verse 10, it says, For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. I don't know what your land of Egypt is. I know what my land of Egypt was. I know that I came from a polygamous home uh, where it was hard for kids to grow up, where it was normal for kids to die at a young age. Uh, where spiritual attack was a normal day-to-day thing. So I take my spiritual life quite serious. I take my prayers seriously. Now, I'm not saying you should be like me. No, I'm saying be yourself in your space and do what God expects you to do, which is maintain that positive attitude in the atmosphere of prayer. And the next line in that verse says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. In other words, when you open your mouth and you declare a thing, God will bring it to pass. So you want to keep that positivity over your children. Sometimes my kids don't behave appropriately, but I still declare over them that they are perfect in God's sight. I declare great things over them. Uh, yeah, I'm knackered. I'm tired. Don't want to talk. Don't want to, you know, just want to go away. But I still declare positive things. Uh, and, and so I think those are the two points. And the last, yeah, the last one is learning to say sorry. Uh, I think it was three weeks ago, babe. Um, I learned, because you possibly can tell, uh, I'm from Africa, in case you can't tell. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, Because when I'm on the phone, people confuse me and they say, you sound Jamaican or British? I'm like, nope, I'm from Africa. All right. Um, Essentially, we grew up, uh, what is called, um, what is the name of that thing, babe? The flute was the, the one that you play, not flutes, but the other one, the... Rick, God bless you. I learned the difference between a recorder and a flute just three, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. After having a really, really spirited conversation with my daughter about the fact that she, she did not stand up to, for herself 
because somebody told her that what I told her was wrong. So I taught her that a recorder is called a flute. Duh, it's not. Um, but I didn't know that. So we had this really spirited conversation about the fact that you need to stand up for yourself. And after realizing it, we had to call her and have a family moment. I actually apologized to her and say, look, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Where we come from, this is a flute. We don't know what a recorder is. Uh, we don't play in symphonies. Uh, so we obviously don't know. So anyway, so learn, learning to say sorry and uh, I'm meaning it and going ahead and, you know, uh, yeah, so that, those are my three points. Great. Really good. I think that's a great way for us to finish. Can we thank these dads here? Thank you so much for your honesty and transparency. I've really enjoyed it and just hearing your stories and, and your thoughts. It's just, it's been really, really fun. So thanks for, for spending this time with us today. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to give a bit of love to my dad who I, is here somewhere. Uh, but, oh, he's right up the back. He's waving. There he is. Hey, dad. Um, my dad, you know, a bit of a story for me. And this is a uh, I was swimming when I was really young, before I could swim. I think I've told this before, but it's worth a second tell. And so I was in the pool, and I'm paddling around, and I, you know how sometimes you feel like jumping in the water, but you end up going towards the deep end? And I just started. I got the momentum. I'm going towards the deep end, and I couldn't stop myself. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But then, you know, it's okay. My sister, who's older than me, she could swim. She was there, and I'm like, I'm saved. I grabbed onto Selena's shoulders, and I'm like, cool, I'm floating. And so Selena felt something on her shoulder, and she's like, what's that? She brushed it off, and I go down, and I'm in the, going down in the water, can't swim, drowning, and then dad gets the classic hero moment of getting to dive in the pool fully clothed, slow motion with music playing in the background, and he saved me. And so dad, you're my hero, so thank you so much. Love you lots. We know for, like we've mentioned already, it's not, uh, Father's Day isn't as good of a day for everyone, you know, we, we celebrate these dads and we, we love these dads, but we're celebrating all the men this morning, but maybe this morning it's not an easy day for you and, you know, your, your earthly dad, your worldly dad wasn't uh, great for you and I just want to encourage you this morning that we all have a heavenly father who love us, loves us, we all have a heavenly father who does set that good example and I know it's not always the easiest to accept that, that sometimes people struggle with that. Um, but I really encourage you that if today is something you're struggling with, come and speak to a pastor, come and speak to one of us and, you know, have that opportunity just for prayer. Let's not just, you know, let it something that kind of sits there uh, today, but let's really lean into our Heavenly Father. Even, even for people who do have uh, great dads here on earth, I really encourage us today that we can be thankful for the dads who obviously sacrifice so much and do so much, uh, but let's make sure we're also being thankful today that we have a Heavenly Father who loves us so, so much and, and sacrificed for us. And so uh, we love him, but also all the men who are here today, we want to celebrate you uh, and we want to pray for you this morning just to, to close out this service. So come on, why don't we pray for our, our fathers and our men here this morning. Lord, we thank you, firstly, that you are the perfect Father, God. I just pray right now that... Um, as we have come together today just to, to speak about fatherhood and family and life, Father, that people would leave today feeling encouraged, Lord, that they can take some wisdom of what's been said and to go into their week, Father. I pray that uh, we would be able to bring your love into our families, that as we try to live the way that you have taught us, Father, that we'd just be able to bring the love of Jesus, the love of God into our families and into our homes, God. We thank you for all the men here. Lord, I just pray that you would give them uh, just the, the energy and the direction that they need. If they're struggling to 
today, that God, you would bring them peace. And Lord, that you just show them that you are always with them. You're always with them, God. So we love you and we thank you, God, uh, just for being with us every day, Lord, whether it's Father's Day or whether it's any other time in the year, you're with us and you can give us that guidance that we need. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we thank these dads one more time and all of the, the men and all the dads who are here today? Thank you.